Hey guys, welcome to True Knows Talk. Jeff here. I don't know if y'all have heard of Anchor, but it's ran by Spotify now. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one app or on your desktop. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. And really, I mean, when hosting on Anchor, you you mean you can distribute your podcast on many platforms. Spotify, Apple, I mean, there's just tons of them, more than I have time to really explain. But the best part about it, really, everything you need is in one place, and it's free. So, guys, go to your app store, download the Anchor FM app, or go online and just put it on your desktop if you got a laptop. Now, I know Chip and Hunter, just like I am, we're ready to kick this thing off. So, y'all can give us the countdown, and we'll see y'all when the show starts.
Hey guys, Jeff here. Thank you so much for being here for another edition of True Knowles Talk. You don't know and understand how much I do appreciate my listening fans and family out there. Um, on this episode, we are going to discuss an array of things about Florida State Athletics. Uh, from the recent basketball this weekend to and developing story that we had about a uh, new transfer that had a little bit of bad luck fall on his side. We're going to look into a little bit of the Florida State recruiting class, a big pickup we had Sunday, and uh, dive a little bit into the baseball today. So uh, with that being said, guys, um, we're going to take off and get things rolling. Yesterday, or Saturday, by the chance, the number 16th ranked Knowles fell to Georgia Tech, 76-65, snapping a five-game winning streak we had. The Knowles performed poorly in that game. They just really couldn't get their footing underneath them. They played behind the clock, had had some bad calls, some people say. But um, they shot the ball 43% from the floor and 21% from the perimeter, which is below their average. Uh, 61% from the free throw line, and they committed a staggering 20 turnovers in the game that uh, allowed and helped Georgia Tech stay in the game. And then Georgia Tech just took advantage of the the misfortunes and the mishaps the Knowles had. Leonard Hamilton said after the game that uh, they were just outplayed. They were just outplayed, uh, gave all the credit to Georgia Tech, which is a a good thing. You never want to really bash the other team. But – Hopefully they can they can rebound from that. They still got a tough uh, road ahead of them. Playing, I want to say three four games in a total of eleven days and all in different states. Um, they got Boston College this coming up Tuesday, and then I believe the they play Pitt coming up, and then they got the Virginia Virginia Tech game. Uh, the good thing for the Knowles is, is that Virginia lost to Virginia Tech over the weekend, which kind of keeps the standings about where they were at. It helps the Knowles uh, still be in the hunt for the number one seed in the ACC. So that's all good and done. But uh, I'd like to uh, transition over to Jamie Robinson. If uh, many of y'all hadn't heard over the Weekend, the beginning or the end of last week, uh, Jamie Robinson's mother's house burnt in Georgia. They set up a GoFundMe account, which a bunch of people and Knowles fans, even some Gamecock fans, have uh, contributed to. But now they've given it the go-ahead from the NCAA. Uh, they cleared it to where it could be uh, okay for fans and people to contribute. So if uh, you can't go on Twitter or some of your FSU fan pages on Facebook, get the link, donate where you can. Um, in this time of year, in this uh, COVID-stricken world we're living in, anything can help, especially whenever a misfortunate accident like this happens and a family and a knoll needs our help more than anything. But speaking of... Uh, Jamie, since we're talking about him, you know, let's let's dive into a little bit of stats for him and what what his background is. Uh, 
Jamie came out of Lee County High School in Leesburg, Georgia in 2019. Uh, he was a three-star prospect and the number 32 safety in the country. He had offers from a, a slew of SEC schools, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, just to name a few. But he wound up choosing uh, the Gamecocks of South Carolina and Will Muschamp. In his two years at South Carolina, Robinson made a solid name for himself. He played in 22 games, starting in 13 of them, uh, totaled 136 tackles and three, 3.5 of them tackles were for loss. Uh, from the film, he, he'll get out there. He likes to square his shoulders up and lay the hammer down. Uh, recorded two interceptions while he was there. He was a second-team freshman All-American in his freshman year at South Carolina, and he also made the All-SEC freshman team. This past season, he uh, recorded 74 tackles, two which were for loss, an interception, and had four pass breakups. Just looking at Robinson, he is a dynamic playmaker who brings a hard-hitting style to the safety position. He has tremendous flexibility within the Knowles defense and brings a lot with him as a leader in the locker room. He also brings a passion and energy that we haven't seen really from that uh, that position group in a while. So that's just a little bit about him. Like I said, guys, if you could, go help out. I've already donated. I know many of my loyal fans, even some of my friends, have already donated to help the cause. So if you would, go show this Noel some love and donate to help his mom get into a house. Now, segueing from that, you know, we had some players that showed some real promise last year. So, right now, you know, I'd like to look at uh, the top five players of the 2020 class that are poised to have kind of a breakout season, barring any injuries or anything like that. Lord knows we don't need them. Uh, this series will cover both offense and defense, specifically freshmen and redshirt, who we hope will become impact players this coming up year. The number one player that I see could take a leap forward is uh, Chubba Purdy. Chubba's a former blue chip quarterback. He's kind of a outsider looking in right now you know with uh mckenzie milton and travis jordan still on the uh the roster but once he gets his chance i believe he'll be an impact player he showed a lot of uh upside in that nc state game that he started when uh j trav was hurt uh we all know everybody's done heard of all of his injuries he had you know he suffered a broken collarbone in early august during a scrimmage and uh, he didn't see no action until uh, late October against Louisville when he first come in. Then he saw action again against Pittsburgh in relief for injured Jordan Travis. But um, during his his brief stint at the Louisville game, you know, he was he had a couple of drop balls that should have been caught, and that was on the receiving core right there. Um, they were playing with a limited playbook. 
and he made some poor decisions leading to his uh, first interception in the in the garnet and gold. But against uh, NC State, that's where he got his first true start, uh, and was uh, he was on a tight leash. You know, they really watered down the the playbook the first half. He also shared time with uh, other freshman quarterback Tate Rodemaker in that one. So, I mean, that right there, you know, the first half wasn't that good for him, but the second half it showed promise of what he could be in a Knowles uniform. Just in the second half, he threw for two touchdowns, 181 yards on five completions, or 15 completions. He had one completion to Warren Thompson. That was a beautiful where Warren Thompson had to go over the defender and make the grab for a touchdown. And he also rushed for 54 yards. So, I mean, he can pick it up on the on the ground if he needs to. But uh, I honestly think that underneath Milton and Jay Trav, I think he can learn quite a bit. And, and what helps him out is with that free year of eligibility, he's on paper still a freshman. So he learns this year, maybe see some mop-up duty if we have some blowout games like we used to. Um, I think Chubba could step up, you know. With Lord forbid if Milton gets hurt or is gone after this year. Uh, and we know Jordan Travis with his frame and all that, he, he finds it hard to stay a little healthy the way that his running style. But I, th- I think that uh, Chubba Purdy could definitely come in and be a solid number two quarterback, possibly a number one quarterback in the years to come. Uh, second guy that really showed some upside that I was, I mean, I was excited about this boy. Every time he caught the ball, every time he got a hold of the ball, I was excited. And that was over Lawrence Tola Philly. He exploded for massive yards and limited usage this year. Could be poised for a big jump, especially with Webb being gone. Yes, we have the addition of Williams, but even with Corbin and Webb in the backfield, Philly's still seen a bunch of touches even as a uh, receiver or running back. So, I mean, in less than 40 attempts, he rushed for 356 yards. That's an impressive, you know, almost 10 yards per attempt when he touched the ball. That right there means that, that speaks a lot. You know, he was named the co-offensive freshman of the year this year and is in line to become a, the lead tailback, which is a worthy position, you know, to be a lead tailback at Florida State. You're looking at names like Dalvin Cook, Ork Dunn, Greg Jones. You know, just the, the list go on. The list, I mean, Devontae Freeman, you, you've got the list of who's who. Um, he can take some hits. He likes to go between the tackles at times. He can also make, uh, defenders need to go to the hospital and get their ankles checked. You know, he's got a nasty, you know, juke move. I'm excited to see, uh, his development after, you know, another year in the program and another year in the off season. But, um, for a six foot, 180 pound kid, I see promising things. Uh, coming our way in the backfield, especially with DJ Williams and Corbin. We're just going to go ahead and call them a three-headed monster right there. So, and Toa Philly, he will continue to improve. 
and put some punishment on some defenses and defenders in the near future. And that's something we ain't seen since Dalvin. And we all know Dalvin, in my eyes, is regarded as one of the best, if not the best, running back in Seminole history. But, I mean, just to be labeled in that category with Dalvin Cook, that that's a big thing, you know. Uh, my number three guy is a true freshman that showed really some upside in a position group that has been slacking and lacking in the in the past. Uh, Robert Scott, true freshman All-American who made his presence felt in a short time at FSU. He only allowed one single sack this past year. And uh, he's become a building block for that offensive line. With uh, Alex Atkins at the helm, Scott cemented the right tackle position. The FSU run game has averaged right at 200 yards per game. It's its highest mark since 2016. The running back core also averaged I mean, roughly about five yards per rush, and that's statistically higher. You know, it's, it's the highest statistic that we've had since 2015. These have resulted in, you know, some top 25 rankings in both yards per game and yards per attempt, all per Seminole.com. Again, Scott, like Toa Philly and Purdy, they weren't early enrollees. So if you look at it, this is really the true true first offseason they have at FSU. And with the gains that many of the early enrollees gained last year, that's just upside for the upcoming year. Um, his performance more impressive, which made him uh, a, a big name. Scott, you know, he'll be – the biggest beneficiary of the extra preparation and will be a essential piece of the offensive line, you know, beside, you know, you got baby and Johnson, Devonte love Taylor. You got big Lucas coming back. I mean, that's something we ain't had at Florida state is a core that has been consistent over the years. I remember as far back as 2014, 2015 seasons, whenever the offensive line was a, it's kind of like a Lego set. You just put what block where and wherever it fit. That's where you put it for the game. But uh, this line has gone from one of the worst in FBS to just, I mean, just okay right now. Another year under the belt, they could pro- produce a uh, very high-quality offensive line. Could be considered a, a decent, if not good, offensive line. Now moving on to my number four, you got Ja'Kai Douglas. You know, guys, I was very excited about Douglas when he uh, was added to the class since the early signing period. I think I've mentioned him quite a bit to my friends and stuff. And I've been very uh, encouraged by his progression throughout the first season. Douglas... Was here for winter conditioning, I believe, and it helped. I mean, he's a hybrid running back and wide receiver. He was originally supposed to be a pure wide receiver, but became a hybrid, which showed. At running back, he had very little touches. He played outside the tackles and was a solid change of pace 
option along with Toa Philly. He also played wide receiver for most part and struggled early with a with quite a few drops, uh, a couple big drops actually. Uh, he came off the layoff for COVID and exploded against Duke for 77 yards and two touchdowns. I was at that game. He was one of the best backs there. Um, and then he caught all three of his passes that were thrown his way. Uh, he became a massively improved player in just that short frame time frame. Also, he became an impact player on special teams. You know, he ain't scared to block. He ain't scared to get uh, get in front of somebody. But uh, he got a block, a muff punt recovery, and uh, also had 158 yards uh, in returns this year. His speed is one thing. That kind of set him apart from other uh, returning candidates. As Corbin was mainly, you know, a blocker and Hilton was limited, still recovering from a knee injury, I think, uh, I think Douglas – was a viable option for returner and all that. And I think uh, he and, you know, Wren will play similar roles and will be a, a great element of the offense due to their speed and ability. I can see them move moved around to exploit mismatches, open up more uh, lanes, fit them in different schemes, and uh, be easy uh, touchdowns for them in the future. Which leads me to my number five, which last one on my list. This player showed some flashes on a very, very disappointing wide receiver core this past season. Drops, you know, in that core have been uh, too familiar. And with the injuries and COVID that hindered that whole position group and the, the team, Kenton Portier only had four catches all season for less than 40 yards. Part of that was because, if you didn't notice, we had a very run-heavy scheme. And um, that led to uh, Portier having to use his, his body uh, for blocking along the edge. Portier, you know, his numbers, he's 6'3", 200 pounds. So he could become a starter. And with Milton at the helm, if Milton gets the nod, He'll likely get more targets. You know, Milton likes to get with his receivers over the summer and really get some chemistry with them. Uh, he has shown that he has sure hands and a frame big enough to be an easy bet for an impact catch. He's not scared to get out there and uh, get the tough catches. That's something that even the great uh, Tamori and Terry was scared to do at times. I mean, but it's good to – to see a player that's not scared to get out there. Uh, he'll be a massive mismatch and a nightmare in the red zone threat. He has the body to catch over the middle. It's something we ain't seen since Kelvin Benjamin. We all remember that catch. Um, he'll be able to take off with a new quarterback. He was in the offense conditioning before, and he looked ready to be a college football player. He could make another jump this season and will be a big element in the wide receiver room. So that I mean that's my top five. All f five of those are technically still freshmen on paper because of the free year eligibility. So that's good. We still got them for another four years if they if they stay. So that's just brighter things in the future for Florida State that 
that really has me excited about uh, the state of the Knowles going forward. But uh, as as we end this year's recruiting cycle and recruits for the 2021 class, all I've got to say is Yes, another one. The Knowles have taken another big step in the 2022 class. If y'all didn't notice on uh, Instagram yesterday, four-star quarterback, Nico Marchio, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, out of Chandler, Arizona, committed to the Knowles. That's a big pickup for us. Um, if you look at, I mean, if you look at the players that they've already offered for the 2022 class i see us taking another quarterback i don't know if it's gonna be aj duffy but there's a possibility we get another quarterback uh signed or committed by early signing period i mean nico he's a four-star quarterback out of chandler arizona committed to the nose yesterday via instagram He's 6'2", 216 pounds, number six pro-style quarterback in the 2022 class. When you look at Nico, he's the basic prototype build for a quarterback. He has a quick release. He's a left-handed quick release. Uh, has the ability to throw on the run, pick up yards with his legs. He's very athletic. Very athletic. In his sophomore and junior seasons in high school, he has completed a 319 passes while attempting 501, which is a percentage rate of 63%. Nico has thrown in just his two years in high school for 4,200 yards, uh, calculating 43 touchdowns with only 15 interceptions, not to mention what he can do on his legs. In just two seasons, he's rushed for 397 yards and 12 uh, touchdowns, I want to say was this thing this just builds on the quarterback room you know all the quarterbacks are going to learn off each other uh like i said you know we, we're still in the hunt for four-star quarterback aj duffy out of uh, moreno valley california knows 24 7 has duffy going to oregon on their crystal ball but with offers from arizona state miami and the Knowles, we could possibly add him to our class as a possible pickup um with the pickup of nico that moved us from the number eight to the number six class in 2022 which is a big thing uh momentum going forward you got you know you got a uh, hunter and uh nico very really vying for people out there they're, they're they're already putting the recruiting in on their side i mean and i know it's early and commits you know they can still flip even on signing day you know for example luke altmeyer this past year sam howe years past i mean even at one time dalvin cook was committed to the university of florida so i mean it could happen you're going to have flips and all that but if things stay the way they are 
it just can be, I mean, it continues to build. And if we don't have no flips, no rugs, I mean, you got to look at it, man. What a turnaround. Right now, we're sitting at the number 30 class in the uh, nation. And by possible next year, if things stay the way they are, you're looking at a top five, top ten, probably the highest number 12 team in the country in recruiting. That's the things we got to have to bring Florida State back. Um, but with uh, football season months away, I think it's about nine months away until we put toe to leather against Notre Dame, let's kind of look forward to, to something we can possibly get out and see and uh, enjoy. And that's the uh, number nine in the preseason polls, our uh, Seminole baseball team. Last week they began their preseason practices. On the 19th, they'll take on take the field for their season opener against North Florida. Second-year head coach Mike Martin Jr., also known as Meat, who in his first year after taking over from his legendary father and coach Mike Martin, Meat went 12 and 5 on a shortened season as head coach, including a three-game winning streak to end the season. The Knowles last season also snapped an 11-game losing streak to, you know, the Swamp Lizards and the the Lot Lizards of uh, Gainesville with a uh, 2-0 win over the Gators in Gainesville. Um, if, if, I mean, if people remember last year, baseball, the team kind of struggled to begin with and caught their stride right before COVID happened. Uh, the Knowles, they are expected to have a 42-man roster this year after the limits were suspended due to COVID. Uh, the Knowles will enter the season with a mix of experience in the clubhouse as redshirt senior relief pitcher Chase Haney, who's returning for his sixth season in the Garnet and Gold. And they also add a bunch of uh, new and fresh faces as they included 10 freshmen and a handful of transfers from the junior college level and other places. They have an especially deep array of arms at their disposal. FSU returns a uh, trio of pitchers with some good starting experience from last season, led by veteran Connor Grady and freshman Bryce Herbert. The Knowles could also add another arm as potential starter. Uh, from what I'm hearing, left-hander Parker Misick is going to be moved up to the starting position. Um which would be a change in his role from last year and the last uh, and well last season, yeah. Also, they say expect uh, Dylan Simmons to contribute contribute as a two way player. He's all he's an infielder, pitcher, kind of a utility player, but uh, he'll likely get some work on the mound. And in this this group right here that I just named, they joined twenty other players on the staff this season just on the on the pitching side um you got standout freshman carson montgomery and white Crowell and others with i mean that's a deep rotation right there and the thing is if they can't hit it we don't have to worry about the defense players guys if they can't hit the pitchers and we got good depth that bodes well but in the field we we bring a what they say is a top ranked outfield the Seminoles uh, should be led by a trio of outfielders, veteran Reese Albert, uh, Elijah Cabell, and uh, 
Robbie Martin locking down your outfield. Robbie Martin just got named, I want to say it was to the third team, All-American uh, team, which is a good thing for him. Congratulations. Albert, who enters the season 100% for once and is in the probably the best shape of his uh, career after having a, a shoulder derail the end of the season two years ago. So he's back, he's healthy, he's ready to go. Uh, Cabell, he added a bunch of bulk, some muscle, appears to be FSU's leading power hitter. You know, that boy can smash it. Uh, Robbie Martin, he's kind of slimmed down this year, looking to build off a solid uh, first two years with the Knowles, um, where he batted two or 324 and 851 with OPS. Uh, he also led the team last year with 22 hits before the season was cut short. I think they could be really good. I think top three, four in the country, if they play to their potential. I think they can do that. I, th I think Meade is uh, building a team unlike what his dad was building. I think he's using a lot more analytics and a lot more conditioning. Not to say, you know, old number 11, he's the greatest, but. I think his son has the chance to surpass him. It sure would be nice to uh, get back to Omaha and actually finish it out and be celebrating in the middle of the field. Um, like I said, Reese is finally 100%. There's no more holding, holding back and grimacing. Cabell, I think, is going to... I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's going to have a big year. Robbie, you know, he's been on an absolute tear. He looks better. He's running better. He's making himself a good highlight film. He's going to be a heck of a prospect for the pros to really dive into. But um, FSU opens up a 50-game schedule on February 19th, like I said, against North Florida. The Seminoles play 14 non-conference games including a pair of weekend series and a recently added May 11th game against Gulf Coast, uh, Florida Gulf Coast. And then they play 36 conference games over 12 weekends after that. With that much depth for the baseball team and what I see as an aggressive coach in Mike Martin Jr., we can only hope that uh, – this team can do great things and get us back to Omaha and possibly, like I said, win it all. But um, I know Mike Martin came out the other day and said that they're only allowing 25%, I want to say, at the baseball games this year. He's also asked that if you're unable to make it to the game, if you would, go on StubHub sell your tickets to somebody that will make it to the game or sell them online. So that way, he I mean, he wants Dick Hauser rocking all year with just the limited capacity. He wants he wants it loud and proud in Dick Hauser. So there's nothing wrong with that. You, you can really get behind the knolls and enjoy everything there. And if you got tickets, make some money. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to let old Gene take it away. 25, 20, 15, 10. 